0: Hey, what's going on, good people? It's Gardner Douglas, your oyster ninja. I'm here today with Miss Virginia Schaefer herself, the lady oyster.
1: Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me.
0: No doubt. My pleasure, of course. Um, So today, what we're going to be talking about, uh, let me get the notes out. Uh, We are going to be talking about the uh, value of social media uh, in this oyster world. And we're going to be discussing tips, trends, and habits for social media. So, Miss, uh, Miss uh, do I call you Miss Virginia or do I call you the Lady Oyster? Or how do you do it? Like you're famous, you know?
1: Oh, I think Virginia is just fine. I don't think, I mean, Lady Oyster is just sort of a, a, a name for the blog. But, uh, yeah, Virginia works.
0: So people don't call you, hey, are you
1: the lady oyster? <laughs> I get that sometimes, but it sounds a little bit too proper sometimes for me. So <laughs>
0: Right, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just Virginia is fine.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself and the blog and why you got started and you know, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to. I think this is such a great platform. So thanks for having me. Um so I guess ladies Lady Oyster started about three years ago and, um, just some background on me. I'm from Maryland and, uh, -hmm. go derps. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, uh, I, so I grew up on, I was born on the Eastern shore and I grew up around uh, the DC area and then went to school in DC. And so, um, all throughout my life as a child, I was just around seafood and, um, You know, my grandfather was a, he had a commercial fisher license for a long time. And so those things were important to me as a child. But at the same time, we moved to the Burbs. We were kind of removed from it. And then I went to school in the city, Um, was in D.C. for a really long time. And then I moved up to Boston about six years ago. And I think what ties those two cities together is a lot of that seafood culture and um, access to the water. Um, But I felt kind of removed from it. Honestly, as a, as a, as a, a seafood lover, um, I'm in a corporate job and I wanted to find a hobby and something creative that I could do on the side. And so I was trying to think of something that really tied me to my roots and, and sort of something that I could really do well in Boston as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I just stumbled upon, you know, looking at food and looking at seafood in particular. And then I narrowed it down to oysters because I love them so much. And I realized that there's a lot of um, mystery around oysters, how they're grown, uh, how they're farmed, how they get to restaurants and um, and ultimately their benefits. So for me, I was just a curious consumer that decided I would take this on as a hobby and then it just kind of snowballed into something a little bit bigger. Right,
0: um, right. And I
1: can't get out now. So I think it's, it was a great project and I love continuing it. Um, And really, it's just focused, the blog itself is focused on um, just celebrating what oysters do for the world, um, what they do for people and how they connect people together. So everything is um, just sort of my musings, my discoveries, how I'm exploring that, how I'm meeting people. So I cover um, farmers, I cover enthusiasts, um, and restaurants as well. So it's really just sort of whatever musing sort of comes about that I can really partake and share about more. Um, and it's non-for-profit, so I make sure that um, I'm not, you know, doing any sort of paid uh, advertising. I want to make sure that I'm independent and that I'm always, you know, making sure that people really get a fair shot at getting their, their message out there. So that's really the goal of the blog. So.
0: Well, uh, in my opinion, it seems like you're definitely, um, doing your part and, um, shedding, I mean, sharing the culture. Um, I know you covered me, uh, was it last year? Um, and oh, I really, two
1: years ago. Now, Gardner, maybe.
0: My gracious, <laughs> time flies.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, but I appreciate what you're doing for the culture. And, um, you know, I went, I've been wanting to, uh, get you on the uh, podcast, but now it's just like, it's, It's so much easier um, with everybody used to, um, you know, using like Zoom or Skype or it's everybody's doing something virtually now. So, you know, I'm just glad we finally, you know, put it on the calendar, you know, and our schedules linked up also. So I think you're a busy person.
1: Well, I'm kind of camera shy, honestly. So, will you stop?
0: <laughs> stop it!
1: I am. I, I, I hide behind some photographs and um, and sharing things about other people, but for myself, um, <laughs> it's a little bit nerve wracking.
0: I can understand that. I can understand that. Um, so, like far as just writing the blogs, was that uh, did that come natural to you?
1: Well, I've always loved writing. Okay. Um, I was a, a big journal kid when I was younger, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I work in the travel industry, so, um, and I work in sales, so I've, I've had a marketing and sales background of, um, loved finding ways to get people excited about things. And so writing is just, um, yeah, something I've always enjoyed, but haven't really quite had an opportunity to find something in my own sort of personal life to, to write about. So this was a perfect avenue for me.
0: So what was the hardest thing about I guess first starting off or like I guess what were some what what was on your checklist like first starting off like all right I I got my you know I got my subject I'm going to be you know doing seafood and oysters I got that narrowed down uh, or what like oh yeah you did say you um once you narrowed it down so like what else was on your checklist as far as um setting up your blog Yeah
1: you know, it's funny that you asked that um I I started the blog, so I've, I've, I get to travel all the time. I travel weekly on a normal life. Uh, mm-hmm, so. Right. And, uh, and so I, I thought what would be a great opportunity is to start reviewing restaurants and the half shell experience. But I soon found myself going into um, a place that I didn't really like. I was being more of a critic when I didn't really have a background to be. And so for me, I wanted to figure out a way to segue into being more positive positive with my writing. And um, so I started with restaurants. And then I said, you know what? I'm only gonna highlight the things that I really love or I had a great experience, um, you know, sharing half shell at a restaurant with, uh, and that'll be just my personal take, but I wanna get more into the background of the farmers and what that experience is like and how can we bring that to the forefront for regular consumers. Um, so, So, yeah, what started out as sort of like food critic uh, I got rid of that real quick. I was right, like, right. I don't want to be in that space of making friends and enemies. Um, I I want to just highlight the best of the best, pretty much.
0: It's funny you say that because you know, like just doing what I do, I you know I find myself thinking, hey, so if something bad you know comes with like a product somebody sends me, or if it's, I think far as the oysters, it's a little bit easier to not talk negative about it, but just say, you know, state that I have a preference, you know, so I like salty oysters. So, you know, I'm not going to be all out crazy as if, if, you know, so I I think that's easier for me, but like far as products, like I've got some products where I just kind of felt like kind of uneasy talking about it because I didn't think it was the best product, but you know, they, people say they want your true, you know, feelings about it. So I, I try and give that to the best ability, but also not to totally shut. You know shut it down because it might work for somebody else
1: yeah i agree with that and i think there's a way of sharing uh feedback privately um that will help a business and and help them be better but you don't always need to as a as a person who writes a blog, I don't always need to highlight that. So I'm, I'm sure, you know, there are other handles out there that can do a better job of being a public critic. Um, I certainly don't need to be that. I think it's all about positivity and enthusiasm for the industry itself that I'm trying to promote.
0: So what would you suggest for oyster farmers like, I guess, setting up their first website or like just starting to get the word out?
1: yeah i think uh i think as an oyster farmer you come from a different perspective and so i did want to um move into social media and how that is more important than ever at mm-hmm. the of this especially when we're dealing with um coronavirus and and how how it's just been such an impact to the oyster industry the restaurant industry my industry travel um, we're all feeling it um so I think now is a good time more than ever to have a social strategy. And by strategy, I just don't mean, oh, you know, I put the kids to bed and now I'm remembering to upload a photo. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's more about, you know, how can I actually get a message to my actual customers? And it's very, very powerful today how you have that direct line. Even if you sell indirectly to a customer, you have a direct line to get their feedback. And as a business, that is one of the most powerful things that you can have. Is what do my customers want from me? Um, so, I guess with social today, there's um, I f- figured what I would do is cover things from um, a content perspective. So, what kind of things farmer mm-hmm. you know you would want to share with consumers? Um, then, from an engagement perspective, how do you engage conversation on social media? How do you get the feedback? And then timing. I think t- people forget about. You know what how to release information, what kind of nuggets to send at a different time, and how that plays into um, getting the maximum uh, coverage and interest in your uh, in your product
0: yeah, take over the floor is definitely yours i'm I'm taking notes I'm ready
1: <laughs> well uh I mean, I have about fourteen years of marketing and sales, so I thought I'd put it to good use right. um, across industry so uh let's see. Well, you know, in the last couple of months, um, Instagram has experienced about five million new users. So if you think about that, just in the US alone. Wow. Um, and you just think about the time people spend on social media at the moment. You've uh I've read some statistics, it's increased about twenty percent overall. Messaging services have increased by fifty percent. Video, what we're doing right now, has increased by two hundred percent. So just the, the fact of having that platform right now is, is really powerful. Um, but I'll start with content. I think for a, a, an oyster farmer in particular, um, you've probably got to realize that people are only going to interact with your product when it's beautiful on a half shell and it's at a restaurant. That's all someone has. Maybe they have a list of names and where the oyster is from. Um, maybe that it's meaty or briny or sweet or, you know, Melanie or has some sort of Um, description but that's about all you get today at a restaurant on average if you're lucky Um, so you know I think for a grower your value proposition is to connect them to the sea connect people to um, the hands that grow things so focusing on the product itself, highlighting um, flavor profiles highlighting how it's farmed the growers doing profiles on the growers Shelfies are the most popular thing on the internet for the oyster industry. They get the biggest likes that you can imagine. Uh, So a nicely shucked oyster will get you far. Um, And then just like the outdoor lifestyle, I think that a lot of people who can afford to go out for half shell are normally city dwellers, people who um, have the excess income to enjoy them and they are very removed from nature. So, Give them something to dream about, give them something to uh, hold on to when they have your product. It connects them so much more with that experience. So, I'd say um, in content, so think of that in terms of your picture strategy, your photographs, Um, in terms of the verbiage. I've found that photographers who have the best following always tie a story into the photograph that they're sharing. So, don't just post something,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, give a story behind it, give a little bit of context to the photo and, um, and that will take you far. So it doesn't have to be long, just a small paragraph. This is what we're doing today on the farm. This is how our oysters are you know, tumbled. This is this and that. Um, think about a little context that comes with whatever you're posting and that's really important. So that's what my advice would be on, on terms of the, uh, the content side of things.
0: Nice. And the the thing about that is I think that some farmers some farmers do a good job but I would say some farmers kind of um I guess maybe lose on that part because maybe they don't maybe they take it for granted I guess like the the water that they see every day or you know just the process like they have the you know first line right there that they could be sharing this with their their uh followers or you know gaining new followers
1: Yeah, you're so right. And um, I mean, now more than ever, when we're all cooped up in our homes, I'm sitting in a a small condo in Boston, um, more than ever, I want to see there, I want to get out, I want to see a sunset. Um, So if they have that privilege and luxury of seeing that every day, share it. People will be inspired by that. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. So let's let's go. All right. So we covered the picture. We covered the text, the context. Do hashtags matter?
1: (laughs) Yes, they do. Um, And that brings me into the engagement side of things. Um, So thanks for that segue. So engagement is really important. It's not just about sharing, but it's about how you talk and interact with your your own following. And hashtags do matter. And I'll I'll say that it should be targeted to your industry. Um, Think about, take a look at what other people are hashtagging within your own, within the oyster industry and start sort of tying yourself into that story. A lot of people, um, there's a new feature within Instagram as about, of I think, maybe probably about six months ago where you can actually follow the hashtag. So um, let's say I use oyster love a lot. I actually can, like an account, I can follow that hashtag. So in my feed, when I'm scrolling through I'll see people that I don't follow but have but who they've you know hashtag oyster love on so I can like those posts and I can interact with them so I would suggest that um, growers or anybody in the industry um, start following the hashtags that you like to post about as well um make sure that you're engaging with that content within the hashtag too so you're liking posts that will draw traffic to your own account um, That's a really great way to start growing a following, um, is is by interacting with that. And then um, don't always use the same ones. I think a lot of people will uh, fall into, you know, maybe hashtagging the same two or three or four uh, hashtags. That's great, but mix it up sometimes, because you you wanna create sort of um, a following of people who are interested in different things. So I would recommend that. just to note, Instagram and Facebook, too many hashtags actually hurts you. Uh, the algorithm, um, you know, sort of penalizes you for that. So think about that when you don't go overboard, is the message there. Um, but uh, in general, with engagement, I think the other things I did want to mention was, um, you know, there's a book that I read recently called Running Lean. It's uh, by Ash maria hopefully i'm saying that right
0: that's running lean
1: yeah it's running lean it's actually a a startup book that tells you about how important the feedback of your customer is in you know basically how you sell your product um but the ways that you can engage on social media are um asking questions in your posts getting people to tell you what kind of um pairings do you like with our oysters what kind what restaurants do you like to go to to find our oysters um, if you can highlight those restaurants, awesome. I mean, you want your product to be put in the best light. So if you know your customers like something um, and they're enjoying an experience, make sure that you share that. Um, stories. I found that the oyster industry is probably one of the biggest story readers, uh, at okay. least from my perspective um, and the blog. And there's ways within stories that you can ask questions, you can do polls, you know, you can do quizzes. So get people engaged that way as well is, um, it's a really great way to get some feedback, really quick and honest feedback from people.
0: Do you use the, uh, I think it's the highlight feature, do you use that?
1: I do, I do. I think um, there's been a few times where I've done like a a sort of a well-developed story about featuring artists or, um, you know, travel experiences that I've had. And there have been people who've reached out saying, oh my God, I just missed the story. Can you, sh- can you put it on your highlights? <laughs> and I think, I think that's a great way to hold really quality content in, in that bubble. Um, don't save every highlight. I mean, you don't have to do that. Uh, a story serves its purpose to engage people. Um, but if it's really good content and you want that to be shared with uh, people on a constant basis, then yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, let's go back to the content just for a few seconds. As far as, like, um, how do you determine good content and bad content or just, like, a good picture and a bad picture? Like, do you um, have tips for, like, as far as taking a good picture for uh, Instagram or social media?
1: Yeah, I think we all have different capabilities when it comes to the quality of our photographs. Um, I would say you have to... be a professional photographer today to do a good quality photo but i would just think about the composition think about what you're trying to say with that photograph um don't just post it to post um so it doesn't have to be you know um, a professional photographer you can take it with your iphone i would say don't go overboard on the filters nobody needs like a highly res you know contrasted photograph um But just think about more about what you wanna say with the photo than necessarily um, you know, the level of quality. I think it matters, but um, th- what I've also seen is people reserve their stories for maybe their less quality photographs or something that they just wanna comment on for the day and their better photographs for the actual wall of their, um, of their Instagram.
0: That makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, also, you talked a little bit about timing. Um, what what goes into that as far as like finding the best time, I guess?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting to look at your own statistics on what timing works the best for your own uh, following. Um, I found in the oyster world, or at least for my blog, um, that midweek seems to be the best timing to release photos. And that's like midday on a Tuesday or Wednesday or um, early afternoon where I get the biggest sort of visibility of whatever I'm posting. The weekends are a lot less. I think people are busy with uh, family and things going on. So, um, but I would say that maybe everybody's a little bit different on that and make sure if you're a business to have a business account within Facebook and within Instagram in particular, because that will actually give you your own insights on when people are most engaged with your content. And so my my mind might be a little bit different from everybody else's, but I would say Tuesdays and Wednesdays are pretty strong days for, for content.
0: Cool. And any tips for um like a sponsor day? Like you wanna, if you got this banging post, that had a lot of engagement and you just wanna try and reach more people. Any tips on uh, that?
1: Yeah, I think there are some paid features within um you know within social media that you can use like to boost your post uh i have had i don't know i guess below average um response to that i don't need
0: too. i thought it was just me but i just wanted to ask a professional
1: <laughs> yeah i would say i would say don't resort to paying for your followers i think um definitely you know, think of other ways you can engage. I would say if you want to increase activity on the post, really make the content strong and the hashtags you use. And then once you post it, look at the photos of the hashtag you just used, like a ton of those photographs that are within that hashtag, and that will draw people into your account to see your latest post. So that would probably be the best way to do it. And then asking questions, like I said, engagement, that first hook line of the post is really important. It gets people wanting to read the rest of the post. So really think about that first sentence that you have um, when you're sharing a picture.
0: I'm going to say one thing that gives me a bit of anxiety as far as like social media is looking at the numbers, like how many people have, uh, I guess, viewed your account during, uh, I think it's what, three days or a week or something. That gives me a little anxiety. If I see a big drop, I'm like, okay, so what did I do wrong? You know?
1: Yeah. I think, I think it's easy for, for especially people who have like a presence and a blog something that you're always a little bit worried about how your content is going to be received and how much activity you have. What I've learned is just to let go of that. Um, For me, This my blog is about sharing some people will find things interesting some will not and it's okay If I have a post that gets less than half of what I normally get on a picture Um, You know, you've got to start just letting go of that and saying well, I'm doing this for free. I'm doing this for fun Um, So if you know, it's it's giving me that feedback to to make my content better as well So I wouldn't worry too much on that activity and engagement just share when you feel like you have something powerful to share and, you know, don't worry if something doesn't, you know, skyrocket, you know, one week versus the other.
0: Right. Um, Do you think linked accounts um, help or what's your, do you have a method for that? Like far as like linking your Instagram to the Twitter, to the Facebook, um, other accounts?
1: Yeah, there's, um, there's so a couple of business recommendations. There's this company called Hootsuite where you can actually um, tailor the posts within. You can link all of your different accounts. So your Twitter, your Instagram, your Facebook, um, LinkedIn, even whatever else you have. Um, and then you can share the same post at the same time or different times, depending on what you want to do. But you can tailor the content a little bit differently for each platform. So Hootsuite for a business is a really great one to use um, because you're going to have different tagging mechanisms and and things like that within each platform. I normally like to hook Instagram and Facebook up together. It's a really easy sharing possibility. So um, if you just don't have the resources to tailor for every platform, um, linking is great. So what I do do, though, is um, if I post something on Instagram and it travels over to Facebook, I'll go into the post in Facebook and edit it and make sure I'm tagging um, businesses correctly and things like that.
0: No doubt. Yeah. Um, I had to learn that not hard way, but just learn that because um, you know, some, and even I'm guilty of not using the same exact um, you know, uh, name. So like, just because you know, that's their name on Instagram, it might not be their name on Facebook.
1: Exactly. Even mine is different. So, um, so yeah, I know most businesses are like that and, um, sometimes they're even hard to find when you try and tag within Facebook. I find that cumbersome as well, but, uh, but it's good to just update the posts if you do use that and make sure that the content is translating well on both.
0: No doubt. Um, so what's your plans, uh, like just going forward with social media, any, any big things we should be looking out for?
1: Uh, well, you know, it's funny. I mean, um, travel is a big part of my life. It's sort of my first love, maybe oysters are second, husband, third. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> Priorities.
1: <laughs> um, so I had done such, I felt like the blog was uh, really exciting last year. I had a lot of international trips. I was in France. I was in Shanghai. Um, I was uh, everywhere in the US and did a lot of great trips. And I wanted to keep that going this year. But with the way that um, the virus sort of taken control of our lives, um, that's, you know, that I've had to change and pivot. Um, I was supposed to be in Brazil today, actually. Wow.
0: So
1: um, that, you know, it's heartbreaking that I, that that part of my life has sort of taken a back seat. Um, but that changes my content. It just makes us pivot and think of different creative ways to still get a good message out. Um, so I can't visit farms really right now. I can't do a lot of things that help me, you know, in terms of sharing that farm experience. Mm-hmm. But I can still participate in how, you know, to shuck an oyster, how to cook things at home, how to, you know, get deliveries, how to create a lifestyle around oysters. So I'm focusing on. Um, know artisans lifestyle home shucks things that we are all experiencing right now but we can do to support the industry so that will be my focus i think over the next at least few months Mm -hmm. through this
0: and i got one last question um as far as like does going live i know um on youtube some uh creators say uh going live can kind of you know uh, have negative effects on your account but on instagram do you have any, um, experience on that?
1: Well, like I said, I'm kind of camera shy. So going, and I think scary for a lot of people because you just feel like you're like always you're under a lens. Um, uh, you know, there's this great article I read recently about how even zoom and all these new video virtual sharing that we're doing, it's really positive, but sometimes we feel fatigued by it because, mm-hmm. Not only are we watching TV, but the TV is watching us, so we get a little nervous with that. Um, I would say going live is very helpful for a business. If you feel comfortable doing that, um, do it. Uh, a lot of people, I think, through Instagram and Facebook, um, they get notifications if they follow you so they can jump right into a live um, session and, and experience whatever you want to say. So it's. A, I think that's an important strategy. Um, but it's just can't be the only one that you focus on. So just make sure that you balance out your content.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Did, did we cover everything? Like, do you want to hit anything else or any last notes?
1: Yeah, I, I think we covered mostly everything. Um, as far as engagement, I just, I hope that we take the time to really reinvent ourselves, really create. It's a time where businesses today are, are, are forced to be more creative. Um, you know, farmers are now going direct with shipments and we don't really have the same avenues that we used to, I think, um, however I can be helpful with that. I want to be, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of platforms out there like yourself that can really highlight things for people. Um, so I would just recommend that, uh, anybody in the industry who wants a message out, leverage people who have that voice and that, that position already. and then think about creative ways that you wanna change your business, things that you've really always wanted to do with the business but never had the opportunity to focus on. I think now is a really good, good time for us to um, all be a little bit more creative in the way that we approach business. So um, I know we're doing it in the travel industry um, and just sort of taking time to feel like a butterfly, go back into the cocoon, think about how we wanna be and who we wanna be and then come back out stronger. So. I hope that message resonates with the oyster world as well.
0: Wow, I don't even want to say anything after that. I just want that to sizzle on everybody's soul. That was deep. (laughs)
1: That's right.
0: Well, I appreciate you, uh, Virginia. And um, let everyone know where they can find your blog and find you on social media.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, So my my blog is www.theladyoyster.com. I share a lot of my farm stories and enthusiast stories there. And I do have an interactive map as well. So you can sort of just jump into Google and see where I've been, and find my stories that way. Um, Instagram, lady underscore oyster is the, uh, the handle there. And, um, and Facebook, lady oyster as well. So very easy to find me. Um, and if you have any feedback as always, or, or want to share something, let me know, send me a message.
0: Cool. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule and oh, yeah,
1: I'm so busy right now. <laughs> I'm and just dry, busy now. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, I'm just dropping so many gems on um the listeners. And like, I think this is really uh, informative. Like, thank you so much.
1: Anytime. I was happy to share it. And I uh, hope that it's a couple of good nuggets for everybody. And um, if there's any other response or feedback on it, I'm happy to give some more insight. So thank you.
0: Sounds great. And until the next time, good people, um, just get reborn. Go back in that cocoon. I can't even say it like Virginia did. She just did such a great job. All right. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Gardner. All right. Bye. You. Bye-bye.